Good Saturday morning. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air with you. My name is Sean. I'm here with my brother, Phil. We're here to talk about the truth of God. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, we're back here together on another Saturday. I know you've only been up just a short time, but uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. No no complaints on my side. Well, if you did have a complaint, through practice, make sure it's a complaint based in truth and not in uh, selfishness. But I know what you mean. It's a, that's a process. Well, this morning, and I didn't realize this, I had just had this on my mind for a while. I actually had several things on my mind, and this is the one that really came around and I was actually up early this morning because where we are, we're on Eastern time. So it's, I get up a couple hours before the podcast and have some time just to meditate, have conversation with Yah. And this came to mind and actually had a, a different aspect of this come to mind that didn't even think about that we're going to get into. And Phil, I don't know if you realize this, but I happened to look back in the podcast because in my mind, we talk about so many things. I thought, didn't we just talk about prayer not too long ago? And we will talk about prayer at different times, but where we actually started with the the actual topic being prayer. And I realized it was back in November of 2022 that had been over 14 months. I was like, is it really that long? But the things of God are what's referred to as circular in nature. They're ever increasing and growing in a nonstop position. So we could we could talk about this, not necessarily as a topic, just be as a part of another topic that we're talking about. With this, here's what came to mind and actually took me back this morning. And I'll I'll just ask you this and see if you remember. And if you don't remember it, I'll bring it to your mind. Do you remember a prayer that you had with Yah that you specifically asked something in regards to bringing somebody else to you that understands like you understand. Yes. I, I, back when I was the only one that understood what we we talk about now. Well, I didn't understand everything because I didn't know everything that I know now and what I know now will increase. But, um, yeah, because it, it from a human perspective, it's a it is kind of a lonely place to be when you know something and nobody else knows it and 
you're looked at as though you're the crazy one, but you know that what you're doing is true. So, um, yes, that was a time when I had asked you uh, to bring somebody that would understand the way that I understand what they're um, showing me. And through process, they answered that uh, prayer. It wasn't an immediate thing. Like sometimes we want that instant gratification. Um, But it was over time that now we have multiple people who understand what I understand. And it's not my own. It's not mine. It's yours. And that's why we have that and we have that unity together. Reason that came to mind for me, and I'll just give the listeners a little bit more background on this, that before we actually started this church gathering that we have, that we had been going to a Baptist church and Phil had been going there before I did. And he actually, the way we actually started, what's referred to as our prayer time was on Tuesday evenings at nine o'clock. And he would go by himself up to the church and had a key, had access to the sanctuary area and would have time to be with Yah and to talk with them. <clears throat> I was invited to that. They had some other gentlemen that were there too and had different times, but that's how our relationship started was there. And then the Sunday school class, and then we had a separate Sunday school class. And then by direction of Yah broke free from Christianity and started the, the church that we have now, Church of Messiah. And with this, because we've, we've discussed prayer before and with the truth of God, the truth of God, you could look at as an ocean that we're just even put us to just a drop of water in the ocean, that the depth of the riches of the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God is just look at a deep trench in an ocean that it just goes deep and it doesn't just go deep straight down. It goes deep in different directions. And this is interesting because I had this come to mind and we were given this information here just recently. Didn't realize that we were talking about prayer again. And before I get into the, the idea that was given to me this morning, for those listening out there, how many times do you hear a word, you see a word and you think that you have understanding of it? You see the word prayer, you see the word repent, you see the word ignore, you see the word whatever it would be. And we think we know the meaning of it, and we do have some understanding of words. But words are put together in a way for so that we can understand things. And we have from the beginning, the word of God says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was from God. And we know that that's referencing Messiah when it says the word, but word is from the very beginning that if we didn't have word, we didn't have the capability to understand words, then we couldn't communicate. We're not going to be able like Phil, I cannot, if I don't have words, then I can't communicate with you. I have no way to communicate. If there's no word, if there's no ideas, there's no concepts. We just sit here and I don't know how to communicate with you. With prayer, prayer is a way to communicate with Yah and Yah with you. It's not just one-sided. It's not just you talking to Yah and it's not just them talking back. It's, it's a communication 
And so many times in relationships, when there's a breakdown in a relationship, it's a breakdown because of communication. There's a lack of communication in some way. One person is talking to the other, the other person isn't listening, vice versa. So this is a help for those that are on the journey of faith, that those are those who are looking for truth, seeking with all their heart, that prayer has such a depth, and we're just going to get into a little bit more depth on it, because even as long as we've been walking the journey of faith, there's so much more to understand from Yah, <clears throat> and this is just another opportunity to do that. Prayer is communication. It's conversation between one or more, or really, I guess you could communicate with yourself, talking to yourself, but in, in regards to prayer, it's for you to communicate with Yah, <clears throat> meaning that it's not just you speaking words at them, it's you actually speaking, <clears throat> asking questions, giving time for Yah to respond to you. And that even just recently when that was brought up, it came to my mind that I had not actually been praying with Yah. I had been talking at Yah and given time to be silent and just wait and just think, well, I'll wait for an answer, but not looking at it from an aspect of having a conversation Meaning, just like Phil, if you and I are talking, I'll say something to you, you respond back to me. Now, you could respond to me in words. You could respond to me with a look, body language, something like that. We do this on text messages. We'll send something. Sometimes we'll get a response back. Sometimes you don't get a response back because you didn't put it in the form of getting a response back. You just assume that you should get one back. Communication with Yah in this faith is crucial because, like you had asked when you were talking to Yah, bring somebody that understands this like I do. If I don't have communication with Yah and Yah with me, how can I understand who God is, how they work, what they do, why they say what they say? different things that I'm not going to be able to understand that. And even thinking back in my journey to this faith, that prayer is more just talking at Yah and not giving any opportunity for Yah to respond. And that could be one, well, I don't hear the voice of God, so God will speak through the Bible. They'll speak through feelings. So God is God and they know all things. So they'll just they understand and they'll speak back and it's a programming that I thought about this, that how many times have those listening out there that have you been in a church setting and the Lord's prayer is brought out and you just dictate that Lord's prayer and then you just move on to something else. Have you ever seen a gathering where it says where somebody may say, let us pray and you just sit in silence and you say, well, we're just going to wait for, Yah to speak first. I've never been in a gathering like that. Even thought about what if you were to start a gathering with, we're going to have conversation with Yah and we're going to ask Yah a question and we're just going to wait for them to answer. That'd be unheard of. I've not heard of that in anything other than 
our gathering and sure that there's others out there with the same faith that we do that have similar things. But just thinking about this deeper, that if you're not aware and you're not thinking about these things, you just do the programming that you have that you're, you have cognitive dissonance. You think it's the way it is. And well, this is prayer or this is the way we're supposed to pray. And you just read this prayer, but it goes so much deeper than that. It's really having a face to face conversation with the person where you speak, the other person speak, you have a question, they bring an answer. And even if you ask a question to y'all, give them time to answer and your answer may not be immediate. It might be five to 10 minutes and you don't necessarily discern anything, but you still hang in there and you wait patiently for the answer. We were actually talking about this from the Old Testament where it says where Jacob wrestled with God and he wasn't going to let go until he received the blessing, wrestling with the angel. And it's the same way in prayer when you are wrestling with God, that your mindset is, is that I've asked this question and I really, really want this answer and I'm not letting go until I get an answer. Now, the answer might not be what you were expecting, but if you have the mindset of, you know what, I'm not going to necessarily expect a certain answer. I'm just going to expect that Yah is going to answer. And you talk with them and you wait and you get an answer. And this is even here recently with me that really putting into practice, really thinking about wrestling in your mind with God, like not wrestling against them, like fighting against them, but wrestling with them together that I really want this answer and I'm really going to roll it in my mind and discern and really think deeply and and really evaluate so that I can find the answer with them instead of them just, all right, here's the answer that I'm going to wrestle. I'm really going to look and, and really make an effort to get this answer because it's not all about just them giving me the answer. It's about, I'm going to discern and really think about how are they giving it to me? Are they giving it to me through discernment? And I have had times when they'll just, they'll give the answer and then I'll evaluate it. And then other times where I'm not getting what I perceive as a clear answer, but no, I'm not going to give up. I'm really going to search and dig. And then all of a sudden, oh, that makes sense. Okay. And they say, do you see this? Do you see that? Because you, you were able to obtain it because you were wrestling because you really desired it. You really wanted to figure it out. So prayer is more than, it's not what what you think it is. It's not you just saying something and saying something and you stop and God understands. It's really, we're made in the image of God that just like you talk to people, you have prayer with people. You have back and forth conversation because with what Yah gave us, the revelation is, is that prayer is conversational relationship. Well, if you don't have a conversation, if you don't have talking back and forth with someone, exchanging ideas, expressing thoughts, things like that, and you're not attempting to understand them and they're not attempting to understand you, then how are you going to be able to have a lasting relationship that if I were to just come up to you, Phil, and just every time I talk to you, I would just say, Phil, appreciate you. You're doing a good job. You're a great friend. Thank you. And then I just move on. You would say, okay, well, is there a question? Is there something you want to 
no, I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate you. You're doing a good job and thank you for doing what you do. And that's it. And that's all you want from me. Okay. Well then really, I don't have really anything to say to that. And it's just things like this that come to mind that you're not thinking about because of the programming that you had and you just, you're locked into what you think it is. And prayer just happens to be what we're talking about now, but we could take this to different subjects that you may be convinced in your mind that this is exactly what it is. And you think, you know, something, but there's a difference between thinking, you know, something and you actually knowing something. Now you can have understanding of certain things, but if something is revealed to you that you didn't know, once you know it, wow, I didn't realize that. Well, from a truth of God perspective, wow, I see that. I didn't see that. I'm not doing that again. I'm doing this. And I was just, just thinking about because changing the way that I'm having prayer with Yah now has helped me to, to just see more things and see it as, as Messiah was talking about describing, here's how you should pray and different things like that, that he said, you don't need to have all these extravagant words in order to be heard that your father knows what you need before you ask. So Yah knows what we need. So what they're looking for is they already know what we need. They want to have a relationship with us and they make it possible through faith to have a relationship with them to where we're not just going to them just to ask for things that they're not a grocery store. They're not a secretary that they're God that yes, we can ask for things, but we can get so much more from having a conversation with them, speaking with them, getting their thoughts, their ideas, and we exchange things back and forth so that we can relate to each other. The Bible gives us opportunity to learn how to relate to God. How are we going to know how to relate to somebody else if you don't understand the experiences that they've been in, the things that they've been through, the things that they do? And the, the Bible gives us that, that we see all these experiences, see the way that God handled things, the way that God doesn't handle things, so that you can understand when you're coming to them to have a conversation, understand more and more who they are, what does it mean for God to be God, who they are in this aspect? So I can better relate to them. And then once I can, through conversation, relate to them, then we have a continual, never-ending, is what it's meant in the word to pray without ceasing, have a ever-growing and never-ending conversational relationship where it's an aspect of exchanging ideas and thoughts back and forth, gaining understanding of each person through experiences so that we can learn more and more about who God is. One of the greatest questions that we've had or thoughts to think about in our gathering is what does it mean for God to be God, to be who they are? Because there's so much more to them than what, what we even know now. And we can have a personal relationship with them. We can talk to the father and talk to the son and talk to mother, the spirit, and they talk back to us. We can relate to them so that they can relate to us. And it goes back and forth. If you're not willing to relate to them, then they're not going to be willing to relate to you to understand your perspective. So 
Phil, I'll give you a moment to share any thoughts you may have on this because we've talked about this several times and then we'll we'll get into the aspect that y'all gave me. Well, I do want to bring out, just kind of thinking about this, that we're not eliminating completely times that you go to God and you pour out your heart. Okay, I mean, we have representation of that in Psalms where it was really just a pouring out of the heart to uh, because of a weight that you have or some, you know, some aspect like that. Um, and Yah's okay with that. The issue is when that is all you're doing is just going and making requests, but you're not waiting for an answer. And you're not wrestling with God for that answer. And that's that's where the issue comes in. And just sitting here listening and uh, rolling in my mind the aspects, I want to go back to the prayer that I had that you had asked me about, about, you know, bringing somebody that understands us like I understand it. And I'll tell you that in the time frame of asking that, I was expecting kind of like somebody to knock on the door and we say something about faith and we and they're like they would answer the exact same way I would, and I'd be like, Oh wow, you brought me somebody. Well, see, here's part of the issue and part of why our prayers don't get answered is because we're not looking for our part in the answer to the prayer because this was the perspective that came to mind. Mother saying, do you see that when Sean, when you first started talking about faith to your wife and you started talking about faith to Sean and other people that you didn't, I didn't see at the time that those people that I asked for were already there. But what I didn't see was that God saying, you're going to have to teach them so that they understand. And again, my teaching is just passing on the truth of God to others. And so even before I perceived I had what I asked for, I had what I asked for. It just wasn't uh, fully done because I had my part that I had to do in the midst of it. I had to um, take what I was learning from God and have the uh, the courage or the, the strength to then talk to others about it and talk Socratically, not talk in a way of, I'm trying to force this on you, but to sit and actually talk out the things was a part of what I had to do in order for me to see the coming of that answer, meaning that the answer was already there. Okay, well, we're going to give you people to talk to about the things that you know. It's still going to be up to them whether they choose to accept them or not. But 
I had to do my point. And we have to understand that when we ask God things, and we may ask God things about somebody else, about God, it just, would you work on this person or take his and, and do something with them? And God says, okay. And they answer your prayer, but you don't hear that because you're looking for the end result at the beginning of the answer. You're looking for, and that's, I can tell you that that in that time frame, that's what I had done because I was looking for the, just the, the other individual that had already understood, like I understood, and we would meet somewhere and be like, oh, wow, we, I, we understand the same thing. No, that's not the case. Because if I did not choose to teach what I knew, I would not be surrounded with people who understand what I'm talking about. And then it has to work the other way for somebody to understand it. They have to first consider it, evaluate it, and then roll it with God. And so it's not, uh, I'm just doing my part in it, but each person has a part. And those that want it will stick around, as we know, and those who don't really want it will depart, that they will go on about their business and you won't have anything to to do with them, at least for a time, unless that time opens up. And so we also have times where we want to look at, we look at other people, like I look about people from the past, uh, from our stint in Christianity, and there's a lot of people that, or really all of them, that I would want them to find this true faith. But not all of them are going to want it. Not all of them are going to pursue it. And the ones that pursue it, only a few of those are going to actually stick with it to put it out. And so that that was one big thing that came to my mind was the reality that when I asked God that prayer, they had already answered before I saw the answer. But part of the answer was that I had to talk with uh, Cindy and you and Josh and Edward and Anna Ruth and continually uh, just speaking about the truth and let you guys discover that truth. But when you discovered the truth, then you understand like I do. And it's a continuing process. It's, I, it's continuation for me to understand more because what God has given and we have understanding to is only a drop in the bucket to what we can truly understand. And so I want to pursue more. But as I pursue more, I also want to be sharing that so that others have an opportunity to accept it. And we have to find a balance through conversation as to, okay, let me see where this person is so I can decide where I'm going to start. Because, you know, we have some uh, ideals and concepts that uh, mother has revealed to us in truth, but we don't speak about that to unbelievers. We don't speak about that to people who are on the journey at this point. Now, if mother at some point says, you're going to bring this out, okay, we'll bring it out. But we don't bring it out because for them to understand, it's a, it's a difficult concept coming from the old way of life 
And you have to really have a mindset of wanting to know the truth and wanting to know the things of God so that you can actually grasp and hold on to that concept. And we have things like that. Even the Bible speaks about things that are unspoken. Like in Revelation, when John heard what the seven thunders spoke, nobody except John knows what the seven thunders spoke because it wasn't the appropriate time. When the appropriate time is for the seven thunders to speak and for us to know what the seven thunders said, God will make it uh, clear to those who have faith uh, because of the relationship. And so when we do talk about prayer, prayer does entail at times you pouring out your heart to God, but more so like Paul, when Paul said, pray unceasingly, that, that's the object of not just continual asking, because that's not... It, like you said, if somebody just keeps asking you for things and never, you know, hey, how's your day? How, what's going on? You know, let you share what's going on in your mind, then you don't have a relationship with that person. And so it, it's a there's a balance in it because we don't want to say that, no, you 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 don't just make a request. You have to hear from God every single time. no. That's not the that's not the truth of it, but the reality is is that we want to make requests to God, and that should be done in a time frame where you're working on tuning in the voice of God, where you're making the request, and there'll be a time where you're not hearing that actual voice speaking back to you, and so you're just going to you're a yeah, object is to pour out your heart to God in those times. But the intention is, is that you grow and you learn to have conversation where you actually, you ask them something, ask them a question that has a yes and no answer and wait for the answer. And if you ask them something that is, is an answerable question, then you wait for that. And just one more thing I'll bring out before we go back to you on this is when we talk about prayer and we call it conversational relationship, okay? Conversation is talking back and forth. We, we've discussed that. Relationship is the really important one. Because there's a difference between conversation and lecture, conversation and begging. The relationship part is, okay, it's the, you're in the continual process of relating to the person that you're having this relationship with. And see, we live in a world where we think we have relationships and we don't. We have acquaintances, many, many, many. And for a long time, me in my marriage, we didn't have a relationship. We had a, uh, I don't even know if I'd call it companionship. It, it, it's a, uh, 
it's all about you. It's not about the other person. And you're not trying to figure out how you guys work together. It, it's If I'm going to relate to you, first, I'm going to listen to you. You're in a struggle. And you're talking about that struggle. Well, I'm going to listen to it. And wow, the relationship. The relationship part, the relating part, is the fact that I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I do the very same thing. Okay, I just related to you, but it's not enough for me to just think it in my mind. Rather than to make it clear to you that I understand, I I have empathy because I understand, because I'm relating to you. That's what empathy is about empathy is there for you to learn to relate with somebody else and where do you relate with god you know well how can i relate with god i'm not perfect well in this body of flesh the greatest connection to god in relationship that we can have is relate to messiah because messiah came to be like you in every way And so let that be a message to you that while he lived here on the earth, you can do what he did, but in order for you to do that, you have to be in him. You're still doing it, and you're doing it by choice, but you have to be in him. And so we have to to relate to the crucifixion on the cross. How can I have a relationship with Messiah if I'm not looking to crucify myself, if I haven't crucified myself with Christ, I can't relate to him. And that crucifixion has to be the full death of selfishness. And therefore, when I look at it, I relate to him. And when somebody comes against this truth that we speak, then I look at, well, they, they came after Messiah. Messiah told us that in this faith, we're going to be able to relate to him. If they persecute me, they'll persecute you. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. If they kill me, they're going to kill you. So we're able to relate by seeing that we're doing what is right in the eyes of God, and we're being persecuted for it. We're being put down for it. That's okay, because I'm relating to Messiah. What did Messiah do? And it helps us to be able to act appropriately as well, because I can say, okay, well, Messiah went through this. But then I have to look at it and say, okay, how did he act when he went through this? Okay, like a, a sheep being taken to the shearer, he was silent. So, okay, so I'm not going to complain about this. Uh, I'll speak appropriately when it's time to speak, but I'm not going to complain. And so uh, we're not taught in this life to have relationships with other people. What we're taught in this life of selfishness is how to try to get other people to relate to us. And that's it. Well, it doesn't work that way. You cannot have a relationship if it's about you. It has to be double-sided And you have to be listening to the other person to try to understand what they're saying instead of listening and then getting mad because of something they said. 
And then you go off and you say something that they're not going to listen to and they're not going to relate to. And then you just bounce back and forth. And it, this aspect of when we say relationship, you have to be continually relating to the other person. Okay, well, this person said that. How are they feeling right now? What is their demeanor? How would I feel if I was in that condition and in that position? Uh, what would I feel like before I even say anything back to them? Because what I'm doing is I'm relating, and you can relate to God. You, you One, on the journey to circumcision of the heart, you relate through Messiah, that you live his life, you, you do what he did. And then in uh, circumcision of the heart, we have the fullness of deity and bodily form, which then gives us the ability to start carrying things out from the same uh, aspect of Yah. And you can uh, relate to uh, the father, Abba, when you have kids and you're raising kids and, you know, well, well, my kid's acting like this and I don't understand why. And it's not right. And it's not instead of, well, <coughs> my kid's acting like this. Have I acted like this towards God? And if I did act like this towards God, what was the consequence or the, the, um, the natural occurrence that comes because of the way I acted? And, wow, I did that. I was just like, I, I acted to God like my little child did. And so how did God respond to me? Well, that's how I want to respond to my child. I don't want to respond in a different way because I want to relate to God. And if I do what God does, then I'm relating to them. If I do what human does, then I'm relating to human. But we live in a world that is all about the, the enemy has worked in greatly the aspect of selfishness. And it's a part of each individual, even going back to Adam and Eve, because it was selfishness as to why the, they ate of the fruit of the tree in the first place. Because I want, I want this uh, knowledge and this understanding. And, and so you eat of that fruit, but you did it. You weren't relating to God. Were they relating to God in that, in this? Well, I'm being told about this fruit and the relating to God is, well, God said, don't eat of it. And they had a reason for it. And so, you know what? I'm not going to eat it because they have a reason for uh, why they did it. And I want to relate to them. And if I'm going to relate to them, then I'm going to seek to understand why they wanted me to do that. But I'm not going to do it because they requested that I don't do it. And if I don't do it because they requested it, then I show them that I'm actually listening to understand them, and then I don't do it. But how many times in the world do you tell somebody something, you tell them a, a secret or something that uh, bothers you or something that you've done, and in the moment, they don't say anything, but in a, in a heated moment, they'll throw it back in your face, that thing that you shared with them for relationship becomes a, uh, a war instead of a relationship. It becomes a, 
uh, adversarial battleground. And all because we have to learn how to relate. We have to learn how to relate to people here. When you look at somebody and they do something, you're like, well, they're an idiot because of, of what they did. Okay. Are you really relating to them? No. Although the fact is, is that you've done the very same thing, but you're not thinking, wow, I've done that. When I want somebody calling me an idiot because I did that, no, we try to excuse ourselves, And so that's the object of it is we are so steeped in selfishness in this world, and that's the plan of the enemy, that we need to die to that. And the only way to die to that is to relate to God through Messiah, to have that relationship so that we're understanding the things of God, why God does what they do, why they are who they are, and then we carry out those things because we want to relate to them. And so it's like, I'm not going to take this message and go stand out on the street corner just yelling to people. Now, obviously, if God said this is what you're going to do, obedience trumps anything that I think I would or wouldn't do. But I know that that's not God's plan. When, when the, Taking the message to the nations is not about you standing on the street, street corner yelling out loud. No, it's you having people in your life and building a relationship that can then drive into talks about faith. And then if they don't want to relate on that level, then I'm just going to treat you like someone else in the world. If you don't want to relate to me on a faith godly level, then I'm not going to uh, waste the time of trying to relate to you because it's not going to benefit you because you're not listening. But I can still relate to that person by looking at who I was before faith and say, wow, I, I did that very same thing until I realized and I made a change in my life in order to do that. So just really drawing out the importance of uh, words that we, and we we talk about this a decent amount. When you have a word that you use, even from the English definition, more than likely, there's a good chance that you're not using it uh, appropriately towards its definition anyway. But then you have some words that are defined differently by God that would define by humans. And, you know, the other night, th Thursday night, we talked about uh, the ig ignore and the words that go with that. You have ignore, ignorant, and ignorance. And it's interesting because to ignore something is you're ignoring. You know it's there. You're not paying it any mind or paying it any attention. Okay? And ignorance is the continual walking in that process of that. But the world then takes the word ignorant and then says, well, that's a lack of knowing. Well, it's not. Because you have to break down the word ignore and. And the ignore part is you're ignoring something. The end part is that you're, you're locked in 
the ignoring of that thing. The aspect of, because there's, the reason I say it's, it's off like that is because we can correlate it to repent, repentant, and repentance. Well, all those mean the same thing. When it comes to the word repent, it's always about a turn. How is it that ignorant is different than ignore and ignorance? It's not. And and so just the, the concept of words with God, you have to have conversation with God and let them show you what the, the intention of the words are, and then we want to go by what God's intention of the words are, not what's written in the uh, the dictionary all the time. Uh, some words or a lot of words are appropriate, but other words are defined by who? By humans. And humans are fallible, and therefore they they do things like that. And so we want to be careful that when we're having conversation with God and they tell us something, don't just assume you know what they told you. You No, let me evaluate that. Let me, okay, they told me this, but let me break down that word and let me see the things that surround it so that I can truly understand. And so in this world of selfishness that the enemy the prince of the power of the air has worked quite well because humans choose to do that. We have to be very careful. And if we want to be able to relate to our wives, we have to listen to understand. You, you hear this argument a lot that men don't understand women and women don't understand men. And that's just the way it is. And that is the biggest lie that is out there. You don't understand women because you don't try to relate to them. Because you don't think you're relatable to the female. And she does the same thing. She does not think she's relatable to you. So, well, I just don't. Well, this is just crazy. He's doing all this stuff. And, he, and he's. But in reality. Both parties are doing the same thing. The only difference is that you're not relating that what you do ties to what she does. And there we have huge issues and gaps in relationships because of the lack of relating with the other person. As you were speaking just thinking about the the actual word conversational relationship what happens is in order for the conversation to get better the relationship we have it backwards it's relationship that will drive the conversation not conversation that drives and that's what and i'll speak to me i've had times where i'll just sit and i was like i don't know what to say to you i don't know what to ask should that be the question or let me really evaluate the relationship. And then as you relate in your actions with what you do, like you had mentioned with, you look at the word of God, you read the Bible to figure out how to relate, then let that drive a change in conversation or even a start of conversation because I had this scripture come to mind. Without faith, 
it is impossible to please God because those that come to them must believe that they exist and are the rewarder of those who diligently seek them. So seek for me and you'll find me when you seek with all your heart. If you're seeking with all your heart, it should be a mindset of, I'm going to figure out how to relate to God. I'm not going to look for God to change because they, they're unchanging. I'm going to look for how I'm going to change to relate to this. Those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. Well, the walking as Messiah did is that you're part of relating to God. And then you can understand, oh, I can see now why God did that. So how can I relate if I'm fighting against something? Well, I'm not attempting to relate because I'm fighting against it. I don't agree with it. Well, then you can't relate to me if you're just going to fight against me. Do this. Why don't you calm down and just listen to my side, then make a decision instead of just wrong. Well, are you relating to me or you just, you want me to relate to you because you don't think that it's right. So I'm the one that's wrong instead of, wait a minute, as the word says, let every man, let God be true and every man a liar. So with that, I'm going to look to relate to God. What is, what would God do in this? What does the word of God say? Is this the way that God would act in this? Then why do I think that I'm okay to act that way in what I'm doing? So I was even, it came to mind in my work. And this, I'll get frustrated at people that have a language issue. And it just came to mind as you were talking that I'm not attempting to relate to them. I'm wanting them to relate to me where well, you need to understand this because you're making it difficult. And it's like, wow, I'm attempting, I'm getting frustrated because you're not relating to me. How does that relate to me talking with my wife and Yah? Because if I'm not attempting to relate, doesn't mean that you coddle and agree. It just means, are you attempting to understand? Wow. If that was me, would I want that brought that way to me? How would I want that brought to me? Wow. How would I feel if I didn't speak a language and I was in a foreign country? How would I feel? How would I, people think that I'm stupid and well, I'm not stupid. I just don't understand. Well, didn't you just do the exact same thing to me? You do speak a different language in a foreign country to the person on the other side of the phone. That's true. And to them, well, you're not understanding me. You're not speaking my language. And this, as y'all will, will do, this rolls into what, what came to mind with this. <clears throat> okay. So now we're going to get a deeper, just another aspect of this. Phil, have you ever heard this term? And I'll just put it to this language, conversational Spanish. You ever heard of that before? I can't say that I have. Okay. Well, I hadn't thought about it either until I just happened to be looking up. I was like, I'm looking up the word because here's what I did because of what y'all brought out with breaking down words that I was thinking about conversational relationship. Okay. So I looked up converse, which means an exchange of ideas or thoughts. And then you have shun, which is the action of, <clears throat> so conversation. The AL, the suffix is like pertaining to, or the aspect of conversation. And then you could relation, you could, you could take relate and you could take relation and then ship as the, the aspect of walking in the relating. So we, in faith, we break these things down. 
But here's what I came across. This is so interesting. There's a difference between, and I'll just use Spanish as the example, conversational Spanish and fluent in Spanish. And this is interesting because going along with just adding to what y'all is bringing out, think about if you, you want to learn, let's, we'll just use Spanish. <clears throat> I want to learn Spanish. I'm not going to be fluent in Spanish at the beginning. I'm going to have to learn the basics, the words, the vocabulary in order to even have any kind of conversation with anybody in this language. So the conversational part is I'm going to learn enough so that I can write some and speak some, but I'm going to need help of somebody. If I really want to communicate well with somebody else, <clears throat> if I want to communicate with the native people, you would look to be ultimately be fluent in it. And the way that it put fluent was that you were in your speech and in your writing that you're, you're perfect, which we know that you're not able to be perfected in it, but coming to a point where it's, it was saying that instead of you having to stop and think and translate that you can just kind of speak openly about any kind of topic or conversation because you're fluent in it. And I thought of this, I was like, wow. So in faith, and I actually broke it down. It said like, you have a basic level, then you have a, a conversational level. Then you have a fluent level to where you can get to be bilingual. And it made me think of, wow, what a, a process of a conversational relationship is. It doesn't mean that you're at that point, you're not fluent in it of the things of God, but you're talking in a friendly, relaxed tone. And think about that, that when we talk to God, do we want to go to God like all oh, just panicked and rigid? Or is it like having a conversational Spanish and I'm, and I'm, for example, I would start out, where is the building? Or can you help me find the house? Like if we were, let's say we went to Spain and I would be like, all right, sir, where is restaurant? And it'd be like at the beginning of faith, like, and we're talking to God and God can see that, okay, well, we see that you're not, you're not at a point where it's conversation. You're just starting and you're like, yeah, I just, I don't see you. I don't hear you. And it's like, Oh, I heard something. Oh, I got, and just made me think of like that conversation is like in the, like you would say it, like, help me find building that is near. And the person means, do you mean to say, where's the building? But the way you said it was you said it cause you're like with the Bible that I'm, I'm going to say this prayer this exact way, as opposed to just get to a point where you can have a conversational where you're relating to where we can, Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. Okay. But then as we go, in faith, like for example, circumcision of the heart, we get to a point where because Yah is in us, we can be fluent to where we can talk about a wide range of topics because Yah's given us information, we can be fluent and we can talk with God and those that have that. And we can have a fluent conversation as a native speaker. But before that, you're an outsider to where you're just and it's like, oh, I can see this is a foreigner because they're looking down and they've got their their translate and you're like Yes. Yes. I understand. Or, and it's like, you know, how do I say this? And you're trying to get it exactly right. So they understand, or they'll say, Oh, you mean this? Oh, I didn't realize you could say it that way. Like we say, repent or repentance that we have. If we don't have the understanding, then we, we say a word or we say it a certain way, but 
if I'm fluent in it, then, oh, repentance. Okay, I'm, I have an understanding so I can talk in a fluent way. And what it made me think of with this is that a progression with prayer that you start out with like a basic level and then you go to a conversational relationship level and then you go to a conversational fluency or fluent level. And then ultimately when you're in the kingdom, cause you're actually perfected in that country, then you'll be at a fluent level that you can speak the language and it's not, it's just who you are. It's everything. So it's like a process of you learn the language through looking at the Bible, studying the Bible, which then translates to the word of God. And you walk in the word of God and you start being more fluent in the language and you can have conversational um, talking with God and their conversation. And then you start to be fluent in it because you're understanding it. And then you can talk to them at the certain level and just made me think of, wow, what a, a picture. If I want to learn a language that I'm not going to go and necessarily have an actual conversation immediately. It's going to be more talking at, because I don't, I don't know how to communicate. How do I have this conversation with you? If I don't understand the language, like I'm, I've got to learn the words first to be able to have any kind of words to form a sentence. And then once I'm forming the sentences, then it'll be kind of just kind of choppy, but then the more you're around it and you start speaking the language, just like you start learning the things of God, you speak the truth of God that those that understand the truth of God are going to be able to understand and you can have that fluent conversation with them. So it just made me think of, it's one of those things like faith. We, we have faith in God and we um, get to know things and we're knowing God, but we, the conversational relationship is still there, but there are things that we are more fluent in, but there's still things that we don't know. So it just made me think of the conversational relationship is still going, but there are, but we do, as we continue that, especially with circumcision heart, that you can now start being fluent in these things because you have the one that the ultimate translator understanding is within you, which is Yah, that will help you to understand the, the things of the, which the kingdom of God, you can look at as a country that you're no longer a foreigner. Now you're a citizen here. So now you're better able to talk and speak the language and those that understand that language will be able to converse. And that's why it says in first John that, that, that those that hear God will hear us. And those that don't hear God will not hear us because they're not speaking the native language. They're a foreigner to it. And therefore I don't understand. It makes no sense. Just get away. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to you, but the ones that do understand and can relate that you can have that conversation. You can have that fluent conversation that just flows that you don't have to be, uh, have a lack of understanding. So just, I'm just saying as a progression that you just deepen that conversational relationship to more going from a more, like conversational Spanish to a fluency in the language. So that's what was, was given to me this morning about the concept. Well, and when you start in on a new thing like that, like you're going to go to uh, Puerto Rico or Mexico or, and I know that there's different dialects of Spanish, but from a general sense, okay, what's the importance Okay, and this is one the ask somebody, well, I'm going to a Spanish speaking country. Uh, what do I need to know? 
the first thing, more than likely, the first thing they're going to tell you is El Baño, por favor. And because that's an important one, if you've got to use the bathroom, that I, 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 need, I need the bathroom. And so I'm not fluent, but I'm learning the key words that I need so that we can at least communicate to uh, some perspective in the midst of it. And so uh, when you talk about being fluent, see, here's where we've got to be careful, okay? And anybody, if you're doing it in a world from a language perspective or we're doing it in faith from a faith perspective, we have to be careful. We have to be aware, okay? Because in all honesty, okay, so when I first started talking to you about the things that I knew about faith, okay, that was a, a foreign language to you, right? And you were kind of like, what? what? This is, and maybe even overwhelmed at times. Is that mm-hmm. true? Okay, so I'll just give you a an instance of to see, okay, in this situation, were you relating to this person? So when we were sitting there with the Methodist minister, Madison, in the gathering, and she started to get overwhelmed and drugged down, did we stop and say, wow, I, I, I was there. I did that. I, 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 so I understand it. Uh, not necessarily that, you know, if, if she wants more, she'll, she'll come back and pursue it. But it's for understanding purposes in all reality. Did you relate to her when she did that? Right, because here's where it's 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 a, an issue is when we are fluent in a language and the other person isn't because you have to put them on the you you have to reverse it. Okay? So you're speaking to somebody people on the phone from all different uh nationalities and so you have interpreters. But if you're just trying to talk to that person without an interpreter, okay, you're not fluent in their language. And so they're not looking at, well, he doesn't understand my language. So he doesn't, when I'm talking to him, he doesn't understand what I'm saying. Just like, I don't understand what he's saying that that's relating. No, you're, you're like, you get mad. And one of the things that people do, it's kind of humorous is that, Raising your voice and getting louder does not give understanding, but people will do that when you're talking to somebody who doesn't speak the same language. And this isn't just an American thing. Other, uh, other countries will do the very same thing or they'll just throw their hands up in the air and I'm done. I'm done. But we, when we are fluent in a language, we have to be able to recognize those who aren't. And then for those who aren't, then we can relate and say, well, I was there, but I was there and I felt like that. But like you were there like Madison was, in, but long before she came along and you felt like she did. But 
you can't relate to what she did after that. She left and hasn't come back and no, no contact or anything where you kept coming back and you kept coming back to try to figure it out. And it's interesting because conversation does not build relationship. Relationship builds conversation because just because you're having conversation with somebody does not mean you're relating to them. There's sometimes with your job, your manager is going to take, have a conversation with you and she's not going to try to relate to you. She's because Sean, you've got this task that we want you to do. I, uh, are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. Um, she's not trying to relate to you. I, uh, but it's the relationship that builds conversation because when I recognize that I relate to you, that gives us something to talk about instead of us talking about and staying in the negative aspects of somebody else, then I'm relating to that person to say, wow, would I want somebody talking to me like this or how should I approach this? Because it's so important that we have the relationship because relationship puts you in a position to be able to have much greater conversation with somebody else, especially a husband or a wife, we spend too much time in this world focusing on the negative and what somebody else did that affected us without focusing on relating. Why did they do that? Did they really do that with the intention of harm to me? Did they really say that with the, uh, because they wanted to get me mad or did I get mad because I didn't like what I heard? And, but you don't relate. And this happens back and forth in marriage, marriage relationships, dating relationships between men and women, because you get frustrated because you're not there. She's not fluent in man and man's not fluent in her. Well, we just can't understand each other. Well, that's a lie. You can, if you start to relate to your spouse, whether you're male or female, you have to learn how to relate to your spouse. And all this correlates over to God. We have to learn how to relate to God. And when God, the most fluent in spiritual language, is speaking to those who don't know the language, they're going to be patient. They're going to, okay, here's a word. This is, this is the word in Spanish. And so you pick that up and then you do that. You relate to somebody who's Spanish. Well, I want to learn their language or somebody who's deaf that you, you, do you understand? It's like, we are so focused on self and selfishness that we need to start relating to people to be able to tie lines of I do that very same thing, or at least I've done it. And so I'm not going to put that person down because of it. I'm going to understand. Madison may or may never come back. You know, she got hit with some truth. Well, that's the way it's going to be. We don't hold that against her. We just wait in the hopeful expectation 
that she breaks the Christianity and decides she wants to know the truth, and then she'll find a different way than a Methodist minister than uh, doing that. And that's the objective goal. But we have to be careful because I've done this in the past where uh, I have all this knowledge and understanding of God, and I'll sit down with somebody who just asked a question, or they, I thought that they were interested in the things of God, and then I'll talk to them for about two hours and then get to the end of it and realize that they weren't paying attention at all. Once they got the answer, once they got what they were looking for, they weren't paying attention, but I was expecting that they were going to pay attention, and they'll get it because, because why? They don't speak the language. The, the, the language of God, you have to learn it. It's like we talk about from a food perspective, it's an acquired taste, and you have to learn the language of God, and you have to learn how to live like God and how to uh, conduct yourself in the same way of God. But you can't do that if you don't think you can relate to God. And that's what Messiah came for, to tell you that when you crucify yourself with Christ, you are in the position that you can now relate to God. So start carrying out your life in the same way God does. And how do we do that? By following the life of Messiah. Those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. Why? Because we're going to relate to him. What did he, he was in this situation and people attacked him. Did he get mad and uh, throw hands or did he get, no, he just, matter of fact, this is the way it is. And sometimes it was, well, your father's the devil. But it wasn't because he wasn't relating. He was relating to where they were, not letting them get away with something. And that is the biggest thing that's missing in uh, what we call relationships in this world is most people are not relating to the other person. They're, they're not. Now, on occasion, there may be a aspect of somebody trying to relate. But in a general sense, we don't relate in this world. And that's something from a faith perspective you have to learn to do, not only with God, but with other people so you can look and say, I was there. I was them. I was in this place of confusion and not understanding. And so what can I, is there something I can do to make a difference in this, to make a change or to help them by my relating to them, not my trying to get them to relate to me? Because that's what we spend our life doing. We spend our life trying to relate or trying to get them to relate to us, to understand me, to accept me, while the whole time I'm shunning them, I'm not truly trying to recognize and understand them in the process of it. And so it's really huge that we recognize that. got deeper understanding on the word of God that Phil I'll share this with you and I'm convinced that you've you know the scripture when it's talking about husbands loving their wives <clears throat> that 
you remember the part where it says, so that nothing will hinder your prayers? What came to mind is that if you're not relating to somebody else, especially your wife or your husband, and I hadn't thought of it this way because think about it, so nothing will hinder your prayer. Why is it? And you would think, well, why? Because that relationship will correlate to God to where if you're not relating to your spouse, and I'm speaking myself here, then prayers are going to be hindered. And you don't recognize why, because if you're treating someone else that way, how are you treating Yah? And you don't realize that. So it's like, be careful in that circumstance. But as you were, as y'all was speaking here, it was when the statement was made, the relationship drives the conversation. Immediately things came to mind of if you're having difficulty having conversation look at the relating part first to then have the conversation as opposed to we try to fix the conversation thinking the relationship will get better. And I was just sitting there like when, when, and it wasn't you, it was y'all speaking through you directly to me because I'd asked for help on something. And I was like, they're giving me the help through what you just spoke. And you don't realize y'all gave it to me the way it needed. And you didn't know, but giving me an answer. It's like, do you see this is, because I got, because I had a, the overnight, I uh, had a time where I was pouring my heart out to God, but then it was like, why well, I got frustrated was what they just said, because it's how this person is not relating to you and you're getting frustrated. You can change that to where you look to relate to the other person. And with this, because prayer isn't just between us and God, it's between other people like you and I have prayer time. We, we converse back and forth. Well, how are we going to have a better conversation with Yah if we're not having good uh, conversations with other people about the spiritual things? And this is just one of those expanded things. Like the more you think about it and you apply it, that when, when does the door open to really converse with anybody if you attempt to relate to them first? If you go to somebody and you say, well, what you're doing is wrong, well, is that more than likely going to bring conversation or are they going to shut you down? But if you go to them and you say, I'll give an example, all right, the people that brought the woman to Messiah that was caught in the act of adultery, were they attempting to relate to her? No, you're going to relate to them because you're the one that's wrong and you need to. And what did Messiah do? I'm going to relate to you. Is anybody, where are your accusers? None. All right. Well, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. So he's not sitting there. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell her, yeah, you're condemned. That Well, let me relate to her. How would I feel if I was thrown out in front of somebody in this very act? Would I want to be, yep, you're condemned. It's over. Look at you. Or would you rather have mercy be given to you? Well, if it was me, I would rather have mercy. But what happens is that we want the mercy to be given to us without us first showing mercy to somebody else. And that's not the way God works. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy that if we don't have mercy on somebody, God will not have mercy on us. So be careful. Like Messiah said that be careful how you judge because in the measure that you judge, it will be measured back to you. So if you measure 
wow, this person really doesn't understand that I'm going to have mercy on them because they don't. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring this to their attention this way. Then how is it going to be measured back to you when you didn't understand God had mercy on you? So this person doesn't understand have mercy. And what that does is that proves you're relating to God and God will relate to you that you have mercy on somebody else. Okay. Then I'll relate to you. I'll have mercy on you. But if you don't forgive somebody else, you're not relating to realize that do you, did you forget that you've been cleansed from your past sins? Then why are you holding this against somebody else? Do you want me to hold this against you again? And no, Lord, I don't. Then like the, the story of quote, the good Samaritan, because they didn't like the Samaritans, but he gives them a parable of a Samaritan that came and actually helped one of them. What did you learn in this? You should show mercy. Then you go and you do likewise because you're pointing the finger at the Samaritan saying that they're wrong in what they're doing. But how would you feel if you're laying on the side of the road and a Samaritan comes along here? Do, do you want them to show you mercy or do you want them to say, huh, forget about this Jewish person. I'm just going to walk and, and give away. But you don't realize that you're doing that to the Samaritans. You're putting them down thinking that you're better than them and vice versa. But what's the right thing to do? Show mercy. Well, realize that, wow, we're both in the same predicament and I know what God has done for me. So I'm going to have mercy on this person because God has forgiven me and I remember what this was like. And the, this is just the appropriate thing to do. And uh, I'm seeing here with the, the relationship that when you do your part, God will do their part, that you show mercy, they'll show mercy on you. You forgive, they'll forgive you. So they're looking to see your faith so that, okay, well, now we see. So like yeah, I said, be careful when you make judgments, like don't make judgments on people like a finale, like saying that person's going to hell. Be careful how you do that because yeah, you're seeing that person in this moment but they're still alive. There's still time for them to repent. So don't, that's not your place. You're not God to put that final judgment. Um, as believers in God, we are to judge those inside the church and we are to judge, but we are not to put a, what Messiah is saying there is we're not to put a final judgment on somebody else. That's in God's hands. What we do is we can discern and say, Hey, if you continue on this path, and you don't repent to God that you will end up in the abyss, but I'm not going to put them there because that's putting me in the seat of God. So it's just be careful because be careful how we put finality on somebody. Like we're not in the, unless they die and it's already set, but God will take care of that. Right. But do you know why people put, and this is the biggest detriment as to why you shouldn't, put a finality on somebody else's condemnation because you're more concerned that they haven't repented to you than the repentance to God. It's all built in selfishness and watch this perspective because we talk about mercy and, and you, you've got to show uh, other people mercy if you want to receive mercy. And we talk about it from a human perspective, but have you ever thought about it from this perspective, Sean, that in order to relate to God in the aspect of draw near to God and they will draw near to you, are people understanding that they have to extend mercy to God, that they have to extend grace to God, that they have to extend forgiveness to God? And what? Not that God needs any of those things, but 
it's a correction of you, meaning that, well, all this, like Job could have, uh, he was uh, relating to God in the mercy perspective that knowing that God was merciful, he didn't, he gave God mercy by saying, naked we came into this world, naked we will leave, blessed be the name of the Lord. Giving God grace means that you're opening the door for God to come in. You're opening the the door for God to enter into your life. So you're giving the God the grace of your life, then they can give you the grace of their salvation. And we have to do it to God first and for forgive. Well, what does God need to be forgiven for? Nothing. But the times where you are uh, upset because something happened and you're blaming God, well, you need to extend forgiveness to God, meaning that, no, this, this isn't God's fault. This isn't God's uh, does everything right. And so in essence, you're forgiving yourself, but you're extending that, well, this thing bothered me and it hurt me, but I forgive you that it hurt me. And that carried out in the whole Job thing. And because Job responded the way he did in the end, after he repented, then he got blessed more than he was in the later part of his life than in the, the uh, beginning part. And so it's, it's just really important that we understand because people will think, well, I, what do I, I, how can I give God mercy? How can I give God grace? By your attitude towards them, you give mercy. Well, God did that, and it's not right, and it's not fair. Are you extending mercy to God? No, you're not. And it's not as though God needs us to do that. We need to do that. Because if we just think we have to try to extend mercy to people, then we're going to still think differently about God instead of, no, God deserves mercy, grace, forgiveness, as well. Now, they don't have anything to truly be forgiven for, but it's for us so that we keep a check in our mind about God and who they are, and then we relate to them by carrying out the similar qualities that they have. And it, it everything that, that uh, we have, draw near to God and they will draw near to you. So whatever God asks you to do, extend it towards God. Yes, extend it towards other people, but extend it towards God first. That that you you give forgiveness. We we know God doesn't sin, so you are you giving forgiveness for sin? No. But you're giving forgiveness for something done to you that I didn't recognize that it was best for me, and so uh, I I forgive you for doing that. So it has nothing to do with sin, and this carries out with the mercy and the grace perspective as well, that if we don't give God grace, are we going to give them the time of day? If we don't give God mercy, are we going to give them the time of day? And so this is, this is why it's so important for us to be able to recognize and understand, to be able to relate to other people. And I promise you, and, you know, 
somebody listening to into this, uh, we may get a new listener and, and all this stuff that we talk about is going to be strange to them. It's going to be different. And we get that. And we don't expect that you're going to understand it overnight. Even somebody who's broken to Christianity that knows that it's wrong, there's going to be a time and process that you still have to go through the journey. You still have to discover the things that you need to discover. I can relate to you. And the best thing we can tell you to do is when you start your relationship journey with God, relate to the Father, relate to uh, the Spirit, relate to Yahusha, and then by your relating to them, that will give you the greatest ability to relate to other people to where you'll see somebody in a situation. And if you're relating to them, the first thought that goes to your mind is going to be, I've done that very same thing. It's not going to be you idiot. What are you doing that for? And no, but we do have to accept that we live in a world that is not relational. It's only driven by, I want to be accepted. And so you have to accept me. And in order for you to accept me, I have to know that you're relating to me. And if you're not relating to me, then you're the enemy instead of the other way of like, no, people are important because uh, they have the opportunity for faith. And so I want to relate to somebody. If somebody doesn't want to be relatable, then I can't relate to them because I want to be relatable, but I can still relate because what are the things I don't want to be relatable to? Well, I don't want to be relatable to the enemy of God. I don't want to be relatable to the things in the world. So I'm going to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we still carry out relationship, even to somebody who doesn't want a relationship, but it will change our attitude and our demeanor when we're talking to somebody, when we understand we've done the very same thing. That's what Paul was bringing out when he talked about, I am the worst of sinners, that he was saying, look, I can relate to you because I know what you're doing. I know what you've done. I know where you've been. And the only way to escape that is the grace of God and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. But there's a journey that you have to follow to do that. And so then you have to read through Paul's writings to figure out what that journey is and what does it look like when you're on the other side. And when you're on the other side, there is no sin. Uh, all the writers that we have in the Bible, that the, if it's stated that in him there is no sin, then in him there is no sin. And too many people, well, I can't relate to that. You must relate to it. You must find that place to be able to relate to God. Otherwise, you won't be in the kingdom. That That's the reality of what we're talking about when we talk about prayer. Yes, there's going to be times of request. And yes, at the beginning of your faith journey and at the beginning of true faith in God, you're going to it's going to be difficult for you, one, to hear their voice, and then when you hear their voice, to understand their ways. But if you continually relate, okay, I'm in this situation, somebody's doing this, how would how would Abba feel? I'm a parent, and 
this is happening. How would Abba feel and what would Abba do if I was acting like this towards them? And then what what that conclusion is, then you carry that out on the other person. Relating to other people greater than relating to yourself is where you will have the greatest conversations that you could ever have with not only people, but more so the importance of the conversations that you can have with God as you continue to relate with them, relate to Messiah. You know, women have a great aspect of being able to relate to the spirit, the female aspect of God, but many of them don't know that she's female, that the spirit's female, and therefore how can they relate to something that they don't even know exists in the same form that they are. But just because they are female does not mean that they cannot relate to men and men can relate to women. Yes. Will you understand it from an exact perspective? Same? No, because we're, we're built differently, but there's some tie and correlation that we can have in the midst of relating and truly This is a huge aspect in any part of life, but especially with faith in God, is you have to learn to relate to God. And if you can't relate to God, then you don't have faith in God. You don't have the circumcision of the heart. If you still sin and you think that's okay, you're not relating to God. You don't have faith. I don't care how much you profess you have faith and how much your faith is. This is the one, the one true thing, but you're not relating to God when God doesn't sin. And so if I relate to God, then I recognize why I do sin, but that's wrong because I, I'm, I'm supposed to be able to not sin because it says in him, there is no sin and anyone who continues to sin won't end up in the kingdom. And so I, I, I need to figure out how I can relate to that. And God, what is it I need to do to understand this, to figure it out? And I promise you that most things that we don't understand, we don't understand because we're not relating to it. It may be because you don't want to relate to it, which is fine. You know, you look at uh, doing a different job, trash collector. Well, I don't, I don't relate to them from the perspective of I want that job. But I can relate to them by look at all the trash that I have to collect from my own subconscious, my own lower conscious that I don't see that I have to be a trash collector. And so you can you can relate to anybody. The The question is, is once you relate to them, how do you do, carry it out? And the key is, is we want to carry it out from a faith perspective to show that, well, I'm going to show you if you want to relate to me, I'm going to be able to show you through my faith journey how to relate to God. And this is huge because I promise you that, and anybody listening, that in this world, your focus is somebody relating to you, not you relating to them. And that is the biggest cause of uh, issues and problems. And think about just country to country, the United States to Russia or the United States to Iraq or Iran, we wouldn't have the issues necessarily if 
each one was trying to relate to the other instead of, no, I have to make them look bad so that I look good. And therefore, we're not relating to countries like that. And then because from a political perspective, there's no relationship, then people in the different countries come to hate other humans in other countries just because of political things that they've been told. You know, I grew, you know, we grew up in the the Cold War era and it was all Russia and Russia's bad. And, and so we hate Russians and why? If I relate, well, they're human just like I am. And they're trying to protect their country like we're trying to protect our country. And so why don't I just leave them alone and mind my own business and stay in my own dang country instead of, oh, no, we got to go over there and we got to make them relate to us because we're going to bring democracy to all these places. Mind your own business. You want democracy in the United States? Great. No, no, I don't have an issue with that. But you wanting to go to every other country in the world and force them to have what you have, you're not relating to them. It would be no different than them coming over here trying to force you to relate to their, like North Korea. No, you're going to fig- you're going to relate to us, and you're going to figure out that this is the way to do it. Who's right? Who's wrong? Well, we're right because we're the United States. No, it's everybody's wrong because nobody's trying to relate to one another. And this isn't a, a worldwide, I mean, it's a worldwide problem, but it comes to even within the families and quote unquote churches that people are not relating to each other. And therefore, you have a sinful world of people who want to be accepted but they're striving only for them to be accepted, not for the other person to be accepted. And how much more peaceful would this world be if we took away politics and we replaced it with relationship? That we start, you start relating to those people from that perspective, then you start to understand that We're all the same. We're all human. Everybody's doing what they're doing to protect themselves. And somehow that's wrong for somebody else who doesn't have your ideals. And that doesn't doesn't just carry out from country to country. It carries out from Republican to Democrat to independent. It carries out from church to church, denomination to denomination. That's where the problem is. That we're not just speaking to a problem that is a faith issue. This this is a worldwide issue that inevitably affects the faith and why many will not be able to find faith in God because they will not try to relate to God and relate to others in that circumstance. 
Bill, I've got two scriptures and um, we'll end the podcast for this morning. And um, I just, this one, I was like, wow. So we have an answer. Well, I have an answer given to me about scripture. Remember this, the sheep and the goats. And Messiah says, when I was in prison and I didn't have these things that you came to visit me and you did these things. And they said, Lord, when did we come and see you in prison? When did we give you a cup of water? When did we, when you did it to one of these, you did it for me. And I was like, because they were relating to the broken because you did it to them. You were, you did that to me. And I was like, wow, thank you. Yeah. For understanding on that scripture to where I could see, not that they're like, we have no idea. It's Lord. I'm not seeing when, um, cause we weren't, you weren't there. You were, you weren't with us. How do we do it for you? But what he's saying is because you related to them, you related to me because if I was there, you would have done it for me. But I was there with you because of you are relating to me. I'm there with you because you did that. And the other one, the one that people will say, how in the world did he figure this out? How did the thief on the cross figure it out? The thief on the cross was relating to Messiah on the other side. They wanted Messiah to relate to them. Well, get us off of here. It hurts and it's painful. You're the, you're the son of God. Get us off of here. Oh, you want me to relate to you? No, I'm here on this cross because I'm relating to my father. And this is what he wants. And that's what I'm going to do. And what does the thief on the cross do? God, just remember me. Um, you don't deserve this. I deserve to be here. Oh, so you're relating to God. Okay. Well, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'll relate to you because you're in this position. You want to be remembered. You're going to be remembered because this is going to be put down in the word. So just had those two things come to mind. But yeah, this is a good stopping point. We've covered a lot of information Grateful to y'all for giving us this time to to do this. Do you have something? Just a statement. You won't condemn somebody that you relate to. Well, then Messiah, I didn't come to condemn you, so I don't condemn you. And he even gave, he even showed mercy on those that were getting ready to stone the person. So your condemnation rests on you anyway because of your mindset. So I don't need to condemn you. You're condemned already. <clears throat> well, Phil, it was good having you back um, together here with y'all, having good conversation. And um, we'll end it for today. So we appreciate everybody listening in. And um, the plan is, Lord willing, that I'll be back on the air on this coming Tuesday at 730. But um, until then, everybody have a good day, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.